This week on the Country Music Media Podcast. I think that coincides with when women as a whole started to disappear from the radio. Reality TV had a lot to do with this. The age cap on American Idol created sort of this age cap in the minds of label executives and from their radio programmers. If the biggest show on American television won't talk to singers older than 24, what does that say to the decision makers? Does KT Oslin get a chance in 2021? Welcome to the Country Music Media Podcast. My name's Billy Dukes with episode number 20, and we've had some great guests over the last month. December was a great month for the podcast with guests including uh, Andrea Williams to talk about persons of color and black artists in country music. A big shout out to Emily Lordy, who went deep inside Dolly Parton and discussed profiling her for the New York Times T-Magazine. Episode 19 was Buddy Logan, who joined the show to talk about Texas country, if you're from Texas, and deep into the red dirt scene, he had a lot to say there. Buddy, of course, the host of Radio Texas Live. I appreciate all the feedback, positive and negative. Of course, you can do that formally at your podcast platform's rate and review site. Ratings and reviews really help uh, not only sort of shape the podcast as we move forward, but let other people know that this conversation is worth hearing and having for yourselves. If you're new, tap that subscribe button so you never miss an upcoming episode. Chris Owen, chart expert, is going to join the show next week. And more big guests lined up for 2021 as well. Singer and songwriter KT Oslin died on December 21st. She was best known for songs like Do Ya and 80s Ladies, but she had a few top 10 songs and actually had three Grammys and a handful of CMA and ACM awards to her credit. I don't think that anyone thinks of KT Oslin as sort of that first tier of all-time great women in country music. I mean, the songwriting was really phenomenal, and it's worth pointing out that she wrote most of her songs, many of them by herself, 80s Ladies, really almost the kind of songwriting people will say is too good for radio today, if you've heard that expression. It goes, oh, we burned our bras, we burned our dinners, and we burned our candles at both ends. We've had some children who look just like the way we did back then. Oh, but we're all grown up now, all grown up, but none of us could tell you quite how. I mean, that's just a great reflection on getting old, and not even getting old, just kind of moving into that stage of life where you start having kids and realize maybe you're a little bit closer to 60 than you are 40. Those aren't the kind of lyrics that you expect from a new country artist, which she was in in 1987 when that song dropped. Kind of. K.T. Oslin is the OG of OGs. She was 45 years old when that song dropped. 45! That's eight years older than Miranda Lambert is right now. That's one year younger than Jennifer Nettles is today. Leanne Rimes, a singer whose commercial country career peaked over a decade ago, she is 38 years old in 2020. Years ago, I I stumbled upon KT Oslin as the woman who notched all these country hits in her mid to late 40s. And I understood then how rare that is. And I'm going to focus on that information in just a second here. But I didn't realize that she scored literally all of her hits until she was in her mid to late 40s. She was this force that came to Nashville and and someone took a shot on her. and, And everyone won for a few years until about 1991. And then a lot of her songs started to sound a little similar. She sort of stepped back intentionally. And I say this with some level of subjectivity as a man who spent much of a day last month 
listening to her songs back to back to back. Her producer, Harold Shedd, legendary producer, but I think he did her wrong with that same beat, the same style. There was this sort of homogeny about a lot of her songs that is really fatal to artists, and I think Jake Owen fell into that trap at some point, uh, some time ago in his career. Early little big town records were all this sort of soft, folky kind of twang, and they weren't really all that interesting. Certainly not as interesting as the albums that Little Big Town has been putting out in the 2010s. The only person that seems to be able to get away with that kind of thing is George Strait, and I think that's just because his production is, is so timeless, and Strait has evolved. This is the beauty of George Strait, is he just sort of bumps his ship a degree or so east, or, or, or a degree west, to stay ahead of the times. I saw someone on Twitter say that KT simply walked away and she could have played this game for many more years. I don't believe that. Uh, she was a rare talent, but not that rare of a talent to have hits long after any woman has ever had hits. I mean, literally, one woman has scored a solo number one airplay hit after age 50, and she did it once. You got a guess? It's kind of obvious because she's still active today. Uh, Reba. Reba McIntyre, in 2010, she hit number one for multiple weeks with a song called Consider Me Gone. She also did it at age 49 with somebody in 2004. After that, the next oldest woman with a number one hit is Katie Oslin with Come Next Monday. That was in 1990 when she was 48 years old. Okay, so here's the data that I compiled over about 10 years at Taste of Country, and I've never really sort of talked about this in any large-scale way before. Partially because I stopped and started the research, and and then some people came along and did a lot of this better than I could. Uh, big shout out to at Data Jada on Twitter for being the pro here. I calculated the age of every artist at the time they reached number one with a song since 1985. That's as far as I could go back to find the data for it. And I made a big list, and I did some calculations, and I kind of organized it in a way that made sense. And I did this at the beginning to see if ageism exists in country music. That was my thesis question, was if the average age of artists with hits today is lower than it was 35 years ago. And the answer to that is not really. But what I learned is that the average age of women with number one hits is much, much, much lower today. It seems like after you hit 30... You can kind of hang it up, so to speak. I'm being facetious and exaggerating to a certain point, but you understand what I'm trying to say. Men, on the other hand, they're able to last a whole lot longer. For example, one woman with a number one hit past age 50. Contrast that with Garth Brooks, Darius Rucker, Keith Urban, Kenny Chesney. They've all done it within the last five years. Men are getting at least 10 more prime years to release songs, which is when they're arguably at their best. I mean, this isn't basketball or baseball where your skills diminish after like 27 years old. Life experiences and added professionalism, that all leads to better songs. I mean, you can't tell me there's a songwriter who doesn't have more to write about and can do it better at age 40 than he or she could at age 20. And that's the same for singers. Now, at a certain point, the voices you know, often do begin to go. I think Martina McBride is an example of someone who's not the same kind of vocalist she once was. 
Uh, Gary Lavox from Rascal Flats isn't either. Uh, still very talented, still worth the ticket price, but just not doing it in the same kind of way. A lot of these older artists can do it once, but they can't go on tour and put that much strain on their voice night after night after night any longer. I mean, that's fair. And that does show up on albums. I remember telling uh, Kenny Rogers once, he sounded really good on a new album, and he kind of laughed and chuckled and looked at me and said, yeah, thank God for auto-tune, or, or something like that. This was probably six or seven years ago. Kenny had all that humility, and he would say things like this on the record. This is one of the reasons why people loved Kenny Rogers. The other thing that happens, and this is kind of intuitive, is that women need to catch a break much younger than men, and that does them a disservice because more and more of them get spat out as failures. For example, contrast Brett Young, who was well into his mid-30s. I think he was 36 or 37 when he broke out with his first radio hit. Contrast him with someone like Kaylee Shore, who was on the, the podcast several weeks ago. She was closer to 20. Both great. Love and respect both of those artists and the music they put out. But if you put 20-year-old Kaylee Shore and 20-year-old Brett Young side-by-side, or 40-year-old Kaylee Shore and Brett Young side-by-side, I mean, who's pulling ahead? I'm betting on Kaylee. Can you imagine what she's going to be like in like 15 or 20 years? As long as she doesn't get real bitter. Um, If you know what I'm saying, if you follow her, you probably do. If she can keep her spirits high and maintain that level of hard-working, sort of don't-give-a-damn optimism that she's built up, She'll be a beast, even if she never has a radio hit. I feel like with men, also, labels want a finished product that they can take right to radio. So, artists tend to be 30-plus years old. With women, labels want something they can kind of shape and mold. And Man, that sounds kind of icky, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, there's a few badasses out there, like Ashley McBride, who is past 30 and just getting underway on sort of that mainstream major label opportunity. Uh, Mickey Guyton was in her th- is in her mid-30s, but she was around 30 when she got started. Uh, the women of Runaway June, they're not straight out of college. But if you look at the rest, they all started in like their early 20s. I mean, Kelsey Ballerini, Maddie and Tay, uh, they were both teenagers. Gabby Barrett, Lauren Elena, Carly Pierce was in her mid-20s, same for Marin Morris. Lainey Wilson. Uh, The best example of this is Danielle Bradbury, who came off the voice so raw. And it really has cost her as her songs continue to get dropped in sort of this has-been bucket uh, by radio programmers. Which is shameful because she's released some absolutely great music over the last three years, and she's only 24 years old. This is K.T. Oslin's legacy. This is what we can learn from what K.T. Oslin did. More than her songs... This is what's important. She's the OG. She was the grandma out there, and she was crushing it. I would love to know those mid-80s conversations at RCA Records when they decided to sign her. Now, mind you, this was a time when things were not all this dramatically different as they are now. Other women past 35 had hits. Uh, Crystal Gale, The Judds, Dolly Parton, and Murray. So 45 for a first single was strange, but not like freaky strange. Not like if today RCA Records signed her. The wild thing is that no one is seriously out there trying to give women past 30 a break today. And there was this big shift that came earlier or later than you might be thinking it came with regards to the average age of women on the radio, uh, 2006. 
that's when you see the average age for women kind of plummet. And I think that coincides with when women as a whole started to disappear from the radio. Reality TV had a lot to do with this. The age cap on American Idol created sort of this age cap in the minds of label executives and from their radio programmers. If the biggest show on American television won't talk to singers older than 24 for those first few seasons, and then I think 28 or 29 years old, what does that say to the decision makers? Does KT Oslin get a chance in 2021? I think she ends up at best like Brandy Carlisle, looking for that Grammy love and that Grammy audience. Here's the thing, though, and I've said this before, maybe even in recent weeks. If you start including older women, the level of music created by women gets raised exponentially. And this is one area where radio may have had a point about saying that music being created by women was not holding up. Because consistency has been an issue. And I'll go back to Danielle Bradbury, who once released a song called Friend Zone. That was awful. You might even find that more women of color get a chance here if you raise the age cap a bit. Because a lot of time, women of color, black artists, Latino artists, they're late bloomers, a la Mickey Guyton. Relatively. I talk about this, but I have to admit, this is an area where I really don't see much hope. People making efforts out there to change and add women to playlists, which is great. And we see shows that address the lack of color on country playlists, which is sort of a very new phenomenon. Uh, Specifically, Reese Palmer's Color Me Country show on Apple Music Radio. There ain't nothing being done to address women with a little bit of gray in their hair. And this is the real alarming part. If this math holds up, then Miranda Lambert and Carrie Underwood are just about done on the radio. I mean, the last female solo artist with a number one hit past her 40th birthday was Sarah Evans a decade ago with A Little Bit Stronger, and she was exactly 40. And I do want to stress, I'm talking about female solo artists here. I know Dolly Parton had a big number one hit with Brad Paisley. Uh, The women of Little Big Town are all past 40. And that's a story all to themselves, but also an example of the point I'm making here. Little Big Town's Nightfall album hasn't produced a radio hit, but in my opinion, it's the top country album of 2020. Masterpiece. Go figure. They're better than they were 15 years ago. Rest in peace, KT Oslin. Thanks for the music. Thanks for the inspiration. And for reminding people that women past 40 can still do it. You can honor her by figuring out who the next KT Oslin might be. No by the numbers this week, as once again all the charts have closed for the year. Chart expert Chris Owen will join the show on Monday to talk about new music we can look forward to in 2021 and why certain songs didn't work even when the table was set for them in 2020. Rate and review the podcast and hit subscribe. As always, you can find me on Twitter at BillyDukes, at Gmail at BillyDukes at Gmail.com, and I'm on Instagram as well at SeriousJournalist. I couldn't get the Billy Dukes Instagram handle. (laughs) I want to end the episode with a prayer to those affected by the bombing in Nashville. A lot of small business owners downtown that were already struggling in 2020. Uh, Here's to hoping and helping them get back on their feet very soon. Thanks to Billboards for the charts, my friends at Taste of Country for the support, and you for returning week after week. I'm not going anywhere. Let's do it again on Monday with episode 21 of the Country Music Media Podcast.